Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 396 of the Mail Right Show. We are super excited. It is our first show with a guest in uh, quite a while. So if you've gotten tired of listening to just me and John go back and forth. No, basically, you got tired of listening to me. We are really excited to have Sarah Block, the founder of Tiny Marketing. Uh, with us today. And Sarah is has done many things, which I'll let her describe. But some highlights are she has worked with a lot of small teams in the real estate space. And we're really looking forward to talking to her specifically about social media. What does a social media marketing plan look in 2023? Without any further ado, Sarah, I'm going to turn it over to you. And why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to uh, our, our listeners? Yeah, so actually my very first uh, freelance gig was with Cozy.com, which is a, it's a website that supports real estate investors and uh, apartments.com bought them out. So then I ended up working with them and I came from a family of realtors. So real estate has always been a love of mine. And um, so I'm stoked to talk to you. And I had no idea that I'm their first guest in a while. So I feel extra special. Yeah, well, we have we have not been exactly knocking down too many people's doors to uh, to be a guest. So we've gotten very busy with our own little roadmap of shows that we wanted to cover. So we're thrilled to have you. Thrilled for you to be on the show today. Thrilled for it to be episode number three hundred ninety six. Believe it or not, we've done this three hundred ninety six times. Not yeah. all of them together. But John has done this 396 times. It, there's uh, so many inappropriate ways to take that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 396 so John, is impressive. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is a lot of podcast shows. And believe it or not, Sarah, it's not actually even John's only podcast. He runs one of the better known podcasts in the WordPress space called WP Tonic. And he just found it he, because he doesn't do this enough. He isn't busy enough. He likes he to talk into a mic. <laughs> yeah, he founded another podcast on learning, uh, learning systems or learning, uh, uh, learning <laughs> websites in general. Yeah, learning website. Thank you, John. You know what? You know, uh, let me let me stop fumbling around. John, go ahead and tell people what that third podcast is. And while you're at it, why don't you introduce yourself yeah. to our sure. new listeners? Sure, it's the Membership Machine Show where we look at membership websites, how to market them. Uh, all sorts of really interesting stuff. But I'm the founder of mail-right.com. We're a platform we compete against Real Geeks and Sarah Interactive, but we add the spice of real true customization through WordPress and a CRM and a load of other fantastic marketing tools. Go and have a go over and have a butcher of it, folks. You'll be amazed. Back over to you, Rob. All right. Um so, without any further ado, Sarah, uh, I have the burning question um, that I have. Burn away. Do you have something in the background? Some sound in the background? Maybe my kids. Okay. All right, Summer you. break, they are in another room. Copy of. Okay. So, I'm going to do this so that I don't don't I, I get confused with the never mind I, I have a white noise auditory issue um, so Sarah what would be the number one social media platform that uh, that you would recommend the agents focus on in 2023 oh my goodness so it depends on what your niche is in real estate but in my experience I've found that Instagram and TikTok have been really good for 
real estate. Mm -hmm. Now, I also work with people in the commercial space, commercial real estate, or investing, and they're all on LinkedIn. So it depends on what your niche is. Okay. So if somebody was talking to a, a, like ostensibly a social media expert, or somebody spent a lot of time building up an expertise in social media, it feels to me like your response would be, you're going to have to have a consultation with them and if they really know what they're doing. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I start every client relationship with a thorough strategy before I'm like, you should do this because it's always different and it depends on your goals and who you're trying to reach. It really, okay. yeah, you need to start with a customer first approach. And I always interview customers to get that. Um, and just for kicks, um, you've done you've done a lot more than what we just we we just announced you. When we when we entered you into the show, we didn't actually cover all the things that you sent in uh to us when you introduced uh when we were introduced to you. You also mentioned something called the marketing mad libs and the strategic story. What yeah. are those about? Okay, so those are fun. <laughs> okay. Um, Marketing Mad Libs is a workshop I do with the stakeholders within your business. And I bring them all together so we can build out your brand messaging on a page where everybody agrees. So a lot of times, the problem that I see is that when there's a bunch of people working within a business, they don't talk about the business the same way. They don't position it the right way. They're always talking about it differently. But with this, you get everybody on the same page and they buy into it and you have it documented. So it's easy when you're hiring people to say, this is how we talk about the business. This is who we are. This is our personality. This is our why. Got you. So it's an exercise. It is, it is a formalized exercise that is kind of fun, it sounds like, for people to change the way that they speak of the business. Yeah, it gets everybody on the same page. There's almost always a disconnect if you tell people this is how we talk about it rather than having them involved in the process. Got you. Okay. And then the next one was strategic story. Strategic story. So that is where we build an entire marketing strategy from beginning to end. So it starts with that marketing Mad Libs workshop. We get a good idea of what people think they are... like What's different about their business through that stakeholder workshop and what the messaging should be. But then with this, we build out a customer avatar their journey, how the typical your favorite how you can clone your favorite customer through their journey. Okay. And then messaging content and marketing action plan. So you know exactly what you need to do to reach your favorite people. Got you. Okay, so and then I'm going to ask you uh I have a a series of questions surrounding tools, one in particular that is a favorite of mine because it happens to do with one of my favorite um, entrepreneurs that left the SEO space and got into the social space and then mm -hmm. connected the two. But before I ask that question, John, you've been strikingly silent. So I want to give you a chance before you, I, I tangent hard into something that you, uh, you have, you have your, your, your small handful of introductory questions to ask Sarah. Yes, you're Sarah. Um, there any, um, is any examples come to mind where um, any clients that you've worked with um, that 
that have done social media in a way that really linked into the two things you just discussed with Rob in a really effective way. You might just give a quick outline what you liked about what you observed. Yeah. So I worked with this real estate company called Kinship and they did, we worked together and they identified that they tend to work with people who are buying their second home. And so we identified like this is their ideal customer. It is a fluent family who's buying their second home. And we were able to build out a strategy that talked to them. So a lot of the mistakes that I see is that we talk about ourselves on social media. And we everything becomes a little bit too me-focused where when you make your customer the star and you're telling their stories, case studies of how you've helped people and user stories or I guess client stories, that is a lot more effective. And they also use reels better than anybody I've ever seen. They do an amazing job of telling stories through reels and just like making sure to document those initial walkthroughs of houses and um, the experience that people go through when they buy that house. All right. That's fantastic. What was the name of that that company? Was it Kinship, you said? Yeah, Kinship. Okay. I love the, I love the name. <laughs> I know. I know. She uh, and the person who owns it, like that's her vibe too. <laughs> she gives out a Kinship energy. So I've never had the chance to, John, you're silent. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to say that I've never had the chance to uh, actually intro this name in, in a full show environment, even though a long time ago, John did have him on the show, but to my eternal heartbreak, it was before I joined as a co-host. And to give you an understanding, Sarah, this is years ago, because I've been, I've been here for over 200 and 50 or two, yeah, no, about 250 episodes now. That's also a lot. (laughs) That is, that is also a lot. That is a number of years of podcasting together. This question, this person in question is a guy by the name of Rand Fishkin. Have you ever heard the name? Yes, of course. Okay. Amazing. (laughs) All right. So Rand, uh, I'm a huge fan of him. I'm a huge fan of him because of the humanity that he takes and how much of his own personal story that he shares inside of his marketing. And whether you do agree or don't agree, he is made, he is the only guy that I follow in the entire real estate space, like on a super person, like I'm on his Twitter. I'm, I've, I try to talk to him. I don't engage with like that on brands. Like I, I am not doing that with Brian Dean. I'm not doing that with Neil Patel, who are both big guys in the, uh, in the SEO space. I am, however, doing that with Rand Fishkin. And one of the greatest moments of my recent year was when he re- he, he like acknowledged a tweet and we kind of had a two sentence. An interaction. Yeah, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> fangirling. <laughs> so he started a company called Spark Toro. It's his mm-hmm. most recent. Are you familiar with it? Yeah, I've okay. used it. Uh, you have you really? Okay, mm-hmm. which leads us into which which is a great segue and lead in into what I'm seeing in the social space. And I was curious to know your take, which is I'm starting to see some really cool tools such as Spark Toro. Um, now I don't focus on social, but I do do a lot of consultations that involve 
social as part of that consultation. I just don't do the work. Like I don't get on and manage anybody's social accounts, anything like that. Mm -hmm. One of the fascinating things for me is the way that people are trying to segment out and target influencers that might be relevant inside their space. Are there tools that do that or similar things that you use for social media that you might be willing to share with us and your audience? SparkToro is where I go for that to identify the right people for partnerships. Um, I actually just posted an article today about partnership marketing because I really think that like influencers overused. You don't need to be connecting with influencers, but subject matter experts who have their own little niche audience and you have the same <laughs> you have the same audience those people make sense to do collaborative content with whether it is social media like doing a a swap or a social media takeover or asking them to promote your lead magnet while you promote their lead magnet there's um it makes sense to do and mm, you don't need to have influencer status to have success with that. Okay. But I do it real uh, scrappy and go to LinkedIn. <laughs> That's my platform of choice. And I find the people that I, I find fascinating and I reach out to them. And you do that manually. You do that yourself. You're not mm -hmm. using a tool to, to do the reach out. You're, you're physically reaching out to whoever it is you're interested in connecting with. Am I, am I reading through your comments correctly? You are. I do do that manually. And I have done it with tools. Meet Alfred is one of those tools that I've used. And um, it did. It, it was successful. I did have a lot of people that I was able to connect with and we ended up having partnerships. I like they ended up on my podcast. I ended up on theirs. But um, I only do it automated if I'm in a real push. There's a campaign and I need to be in front of a lot of people at one time. Otherwise, I don't need to be in front of a million people all the time. So I will meet, I will connect as I find someone that I find fascinating. Copy you. And how oh, did you, how one, did you go ahead? Sorry, one yes. more thing. Sure. There is a community for people who like to collaborate too. Let me pull that up real fast so I can remember what they're called. Ready, set, collab. So that is another uh, community where it's a database of people who are open to collaborations. Hmm. So that's another route to go. I've never heard of those. I've never heard of them before. Have you ever heard of those Ready, Set, Collab, John? No, I haven't actually. No. Interesting. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Sarah, we're going to yes. go to break. Uh, it's, we're gonna, we'll be right back. And when we come back, I will continue to ask some questions. I do want to say as we are exiting onto the break that uh, I don't follow that many people on Twitter. So it's fascinating to me that you and I follow 75 of the same People, I, I went to your Twitter account just to look up really quickly what you had posted so that maybe I could comment on that. And just, I was like, wow, Sarah and I actually follow a lot of the things, <laughs> which is kind of shocking because I don't, I don't do a, a crap ton on Twitter. Me either. <laughs> yeah, I set it up a long time ago. Like, so, so you must have maybe set yours up a lot. Like, because whoever I followed, I followed so many years ago. I don't remember. Like, and I set mine up in 2008. That, that's how long ago. There you go. All right. <laughs> All 
right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, sirs, you have you've been a delight, and uh, we're going to come back and we will continue down having a conversation about social media. And I think just to serve you up a couple of of cues, I would like to have a conversation really quickly about about the viability of TikTok for traditional real estate uh, brand building and lead generation and separate those out into two, two topics of conversation. Okay. Okay. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy to use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no question asked 30-day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are here at episode number 396. We're with the effervescent Sarah Noel. I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. Block. It is Noel. (laughs) But you know what? And I'm here with Jonathan Dinwood, but I'll tell you a funny story that is true. Used to be that John led these shows and then he mispronounced a guest or two's name. And ever since then, he he handed it back over to me. So now I'm eternally scared that what I'm going to do is mispronounce somebody's name since he just asked like he's been asking me to do the, yeah, the name I, I, had a, I, had a, I had a bit of run of mispronunciations <laughs> it's, it's a, a little longer run than two <laughs> but no it's, it's been alright with my other shows I had a little period where uh, I was really butchering people's uh, I guess names but um, I, I'm quite happy to let Rob do the lead I do, I do it occasionally Rob don't I <laughs> No, you do. You do. Every once in a while you do. Especially when it's just the two of us. You know what my name is. Um, so uh, here's, here's... Actually, I uh, don't actually, but then... That's so awkward. Um, or like, I think you do. Well, but but that's that's neither here nor there. All right. So Sarah, we before we went to break, I asked you, I, I tried to serve it up and give you a chance, a minute to think about what the question was, which is you have, you have social media, you have TikTok, and you have... Um, uh, the other one, I think you said Twitter that you thought were were two Instagram. channels that you focus Instagram. There you go. Uh, I have had a lot more success with my clients and talking to my clients about them generating leads off Instagram, but I've also seen huge amounts of traffic directed various places by TikTok. Mm-hmm. So, but I haven't had that many conversations with people generating revenue-based connections off TikTok. So I'm curious to know, like every time a guest like you comes on, who's a social media person and, or I have these conversations in my non podcast related life, I always ask the question of, because there will come a time that people start to figure out how to monetize TikTok. It's only a matter of time. So I ask this question of everybody. Have you seen a way, a direction that people in real estate, residential real estate specifically are monetizing TikTok? Uh, I know they're generating tons of traffic from it. Yeah. So I would say brand awareness is the biggest thing with TikTok because you don't need a huge following to get a ton of views and getting people to know who you are. So I am seeing a ton of brand awareness when it comes to that. Now with lead generation, not necessarily in real estate, but I have seen it in other in like in writing, for example, Mm -hmm. um, authors. Um, using TikTok. And that has been really 
lucrative for them. As long as you have over a thousand followers on TikTok, then you can have a link in bio. And the TikTok people are very happy to support you. So it has been pretty easy to monetize in that capacity. Mm -hmm. So for realtors, what I would suggest is having some sort of league magnet as soon as you can, as soon as you have that thousand followers attached to your link in bio so you can transfer them to your email list and then you can start marketing to them so you can sell. But um, yeah, you need to get to that thousand first. Okay. Interesting. And um, I guess the same question with Instagram, though, though John and I have talked about it a lot more. We have probably uh, had more people on the show that have concrete methodologies about either what they or their clients have done on Instagram. But I'm, I'm still curious to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah. I So when you're talking to me, I'm a holistic marketing strategist and I'm going at it from the perspective of I'm going to be researching your customer and then I'm going to be looking at their entire journey at everything, every touch point you're going to have through that journey. So social media is just a point in it. Mm -hmm. And there's strategy around that, but it's completely customized depending on who that customer is. So I don't have a concrete methodology that I use for social because I customize it every time. Um, For Instagram though, I can tell you that I have seen the most success with Reels. Mm -hmm. And um, getting as much video content out there as possible and repurposing... Like if you're doing a podcast like this, for example. And I know a few other real estate um, podcasts too. Taking the video content from your podcast and repurposing it into Reels will get a lot more eyes on it. My my brand, the head of my brand and content team is has been on John's tr- like track, trying to get him on the phone to do exactly that for weeks now, and he's ratcheting up the fire under my poor tuchus for me to basically do the same. So I feel all of that. Mm, John, hold on, can we pause this for one second? Yeah, of course, of course. Um, we're pausing to talk about this though, because okay. you're using Streamyard, and you can repurpose directly in Streamyard and send it to Instagram. Just so you know. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll be sure to let Ben know that when he when he finally gets access to the Streamyard content, <laughs> uh, and then of course that the next thing that's going to be required is that he has access to my Instagram account, which I don't think he does. But um, yeah, I know. Um, we we have focused mostly on, you know, we're more on the content marketing side and the, and content defined by us as long form written in video blog posts. And we do tons of like graphics. We we've got so much money in a different part of the digital world that we have like my my total social strategy has always been let's just share any of the the mega pieces of content that we do. And if anybody does click on it and reads it, they will instantly discover that we've done something much deeper than anybody else has ever done before. John, it actually looks like you have something you want to say. So come on, out with it. So what's your, what's your, <laughs> what's your thoughts been around threads then? You know, um, had over 100 million join, had it reduced by almost 50%. But I think, I think the spot where it could really work for real estate agents is getting... 
using in with Instagram and then getting conversations through threads. I don't never really saw it as a as a real direct threat to X now, but I'm always going to call it Twitter. Uh, yeah. um, uh, um, because I think Twitter is a totally different beast, you know, a really different vibe, a different type of audience. Um, that's my take on it. What's your own view about Instagram and threads? Yeah, so I was actually having a conversation about threads yesterday. And um, so I'm on it, but I'm not active on it. So if you want to hear my social media philosophy, it's pick a channel, be really good at that channel. You don't have to be everywhere. And once you grow enough, you can repurpose on those others, but just create original content in one place. So I have the Threads account just because I wanted to reserve my name and everyone else was on there. <laughs> and, but they said that Threads is like a really happy place. It's like Twitter, but happy. <laughs> well, that's the total opposite of Twitter, isn't it? Yeah, right? <laughs> I call it Dramaville. That, that is the whole purpose of Twitter, isn't it? Drama. <laughs> that's an explosion of my mind. Um, so I think that it's good to at least preserve your name and see if it grows. But um, if you are in residential real estate, the general population is probably going to be slow to adapt and it's brands that are getting on there quicker. So you're probably not going to be reaching your ideal customer on there just yet. I don't... So I've seen another number today, guys, where the the engagement is so John, it went from hundred million down to fifty million, it's down to twenty-five million, and now they're saying it's dropping another fifty percent off the twenty-five million down to twelve million people who basically are using the platform at all. A lot of people seem to have done what Sarah did and what I should probably do if I'm really straight about it, where I you go on and you reserve whatever name yeah. that you want. That sounds like a really clever strategy to me, but I am not I don't have any intention of engaging with a, yet another social platform. Yeah, I don't have um, the energy for that. <laughs> yeah, it is It is a lot of work to even maintenance the platform, keep track of it so that if, if you're using like a data aggregator like Hootsuite or whatever the popular social data aggregator is these days, probably the, the, the list goes on and on and on. Like... Who, like, do you really want to try to wait for them to add another service? Do you add? Do you add your content outside the service? Do you hire a human being? Like, it becomes a really complicated question in my head. Where because you're already posting content in many different places if you're using social at all, such as LinkedIn. I, I'm LinkedIn, Pinterest, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and probably a couple that I'm forget- Instagram that I'm forgetting. And I'm like that. That is. Too much already, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, like too much. Um, so, Sarah, if um, I, I guess I have a, a, a slight. I'm always curious to know how when you get on the phone with a residential, like you're, you're, you've obviously got a consultation process because you've mentioned it two or three times. You said a holistic approach and that you're, you're basically bespoking your, your approach to each individual client that, mm-hmm. that you speak to. All right, great. So when you are talking to somebody and you're saying small teams, who is it that you're talking to? Are you talking to really established agents who've been in the business for 20 years? Are you talking to brand new agents who are younger like yourself, who are just really savvy and they want you to be their social media guru because they're, they're thinking that their audience or their business is out there on social? 
like who is it that you're speaking to both from uh, like an age and experience perspective? And I want to let you know, this is, a, this is a loaded question because I've been doing this for 15 years uh-huh. and I've talked to a lot of real estate professionals and I know who I generally tend to talk to because it's, it's exactly two camps for me and it's consistent. <laughs> so I'm curious to know if you've got a couple of camps and if so, if you might describe an example of one of those camps just so that we can all get an understanding. Yeah, so in the real estate residential real estate space, I'm usually working with the main realtor, the person who started the business. Mm-hmm. And they either they have zero to one person marketing department. That's where I come in and I build out their strategy. And then we build out an execution plan. Um, my favorite clients, they work, they serve the real estate industry. So like a real estate photography company, um, a company that does the floor plans and the the 3D modeling for for real estate. Those are the ones that I like working with a lot or ones that buy houses, re, re, uh, remodel them and then sell them. I work a lot with those. Got you. Okay. Interesting. John, do you have any any thoughts or comments to this? Because I'm going to share. I'm going to jump into my two, like when when you've shared your thoughts. Yeah, I, th- I think the main thing, Sarah. I don't know if you can agree with this. Is I think people tend to under underestimate the volume of content that needs to be produced to get uh, a result. Um, they tend to drastically underestimate. Um, and if you're a busy real estate brokerage, a boutique brokerage, a small power team, you're busy with other things because the other thing is the volume, it needs reliability to, to be consistently pushing out a certain level of content. And those two factors regularly, they tend to underestimate. And that's why if you've got the budget or the capacity to get people to help you do that, it's so beneficial. What's your response to that, Sarah? Yeah, actually, I think the people that do best with social media and real estate are thinking this can be content in every scenario where they are filming those walkthroughs. They're filming that day that they hand over the key to their client. Um, the why am I blinking? You know, what's an open house? <laughs> They're filming the open houses, things like that. If you have a mindset, everything is content and you're filming, then it's a lot easier to create content. But yeah, it's, I mean, I'm not saying you have to hire me, hire a VA. Just yeah. think everything is content and then pass it on to the VA and they can put it together into a reel and schedule it for you. I love that. Um, my two, my two are as follows: the younger generation, which I get, I get a lot of calls from because everybody is more um, familiar with the language of the search engines. They understand how much happens on the search engines. They know they'd like to insert themselves someplace in the search stream organically, mm-hmm. which is where, which is what my my history and my experience is. But when it comes to the second call, those people don't tend to have as much of the revenue. They don't tend to be super experienced and they're oftentimes not yet number one or number two in their own individual marketplace. Now, the other call that I get and the, the call that pays the bills, but is actually twice as frustrating 
as the first call, is the older, more established agent. Now, those those agents, I get calls from, they oftentimes have a credit card ready to go and they're ready to, to purchase our services. However, getting them to do anything that yeah, I ask them to I do <laughs> is... Is that, worse to be, is that worse to be? Uh, <laughs> yes, considerably, oh. John. I can oh. give you a definitive black and white answer on that. Definitively. Like, I, I have a client that, uh, that has been two years... And I, I won't reveal online how much he's spent, but it's been a staggering amount of money. And I have asked him consistently for a five-minute bio video that just explains the who, what, when, why, where, why of his particular career with a personal bent to it, like throw some personal stuff in there, right? It's been a simple request. I've given him a treatment. I've given him written instructions. I give him examples of other people who've done the same thing. So the full package, Right. And I still don't have the five-minute video. Oh well, AI, AI, AI comes to the rescue because you'll be able to you'll be able to get the AI to do the video for you, won't you, Rob? I, I don't even want to have that conversation with anybody, John. Like, and I, I, I have had a couple of clients that I've drifted into the AI conversation, the AI video conversation, and I kind of feel like they sent me on a big rabbit chase because I actually did do one of those videos and then I handed it over to the client after like a six months worth of planning, finding the vendor, getting the video produced. And they're like, yeah, no, this doesn't work. Oh my God. Come on. I I told them that it wouldn't be up to their production standards. So just a quick declination of anything after all that effort. And I was just like, you know what? What the fuck am I? Doing? Oh, excuse me. What? What am I doing? Beep. This is this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, why? Why am I? Why am I? Why am I running so hard down this rabbit hole when there are very basic conversations that most of my clients don't have? But I will say this: of everything that we've talked about today, the thing that you've said, sir, that mirrors what I say all the time to both camps of people is the content, like changing your mindset into a content producing mindset. If there's one thing that I was going to do, like if I was still a coach, I'm no longer a coach. I own an agency now. But if I was, the thing that I would be talking about on my social media ad nauseum is the idea of taking a cell phone and then just trying to train yourself into a content producing mindset. Because you didn't, I, I feel like you hit a really important point, which is you can have a phone and be driving your car to just about anything that you're going to do for real estate and inspection, open house, the list goes yeah. on. And any of those are opportunities to create something clever in the content space. The thing is only like a few thought, like I belong to the biggest YouTube mastermind for real estate that's been in place for like seven years. There's only 14,000, like 14,000 people that are there, but there are 2 million people that hold a license for real estate in the US right now. 2,014,000. If you do those numbers and use it as a marketing Petri dish, you got to figure that it's legitimately less than 0.025% of all licensed real estate agents that are even thinking of, trying to get in the habit of using a device as a, as a content production machine. And all the... Uh, never mind. Never mind. All the well, social company. They're making, go ahead. Please, please. Save me. Along this vein. <laughs> I mean, what people need to understand is n- the people that you are selling to are probably not thinking about, you know, buying a house right now 
or selling a house mm-hmm. right now. But when they're researching it and it's like, you know, it's tickling in their mind, this content will move them quicker to you. It is a much, it shortens the sales cycle by a lot, creating content consistently, showing up consistently. So, yes, not everybody who goes on your platform is going to be immediately looking to be to buy a house, but when they are, they're going to think of you. One last question, and, and then we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. I have a I have a quick fascination. Something that I talk about a lot that deals with the psychology of social and video in particular is the idea of a connection. Like you and I are not in the same place. John and I are not in the same place. As a matter of fact, John and I have never been in the same place in all the years that we've done this. <laughs> Yet I do feel like I know him. I do feel like there is a connection almost like I would have with a personal business associate that I worked in the same space with. And what I oftentimes am trying to explain to my my customers is that the connection is created specifically through video, more, through, more than the written, written word, even more than with images like pictures of mm-hmm. you going, hi, like, you know, yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> Do you agree with that? Do you not agree with that? Do you have your no, own I 100% thoughts about... agree with that. It is the only way that you can meet people in person (laughs) online. And you can't really get that effect of who this person is without video. It creates a stronger bond. And in the content marketing space, we say it's no like trust. And that's exactly what video does a lot faster. It gets them to know you faster. It gets them to like you faster because your personality shines through. And it gets them to trust you because you're teaching something. Brilliant. All right. Couldn't have said it better myself. So without any further ado, since you are the guest, you get to go first, Sarah. If uh, people were to see or listen to the show, the ways that we distribute it, how would you like them to reach out or research you? Yeah, they can go to my website, my name, sarahnoelblock.com. And my podcast is Tiny Marketing. So they can see me there. (laughs) Okay. And for those of you who are just listening to the show, it's S-A-R-A-H-N-O-E-L-B-L-O-C-K. All right, Jonathan, how would you like people to reach out to you? Oh, just go over to the mail-right.com website. We've got a load of content. We do videos every week. got a load of articles we're building out a load of information and just have a look at the platform and you can book a demo with me back over to you rob awesome sauce my name is robert newman i'm the founder of inbound rem you can look up my website i have hundreds of articles educating you uh, on crms lead generation systems uh i've even touched on social media I have about six or seven people that we've we've done deep dive analysis of that we think are doing cool things inside the real estate space. You can take a look at those people to see exactly the specifics of strategies that we think you should follow, or at least other people that have strategies that are working that we like. So um, thank you both so much for the the time and um, uh, a fascinating conversation in social. We really haven't had a chance to dive into it with a person that wasn't me and John for a little while. So super excited to have you on the show, Sarah. And uh, with no further ado, John, go ahead and take us off when you're ready. 